Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Joshua 5, New International Version. Thank you, Minister Toby and crew. Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, you guys okay? You ready? Now, when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, Jordan, and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites, until we had crossed over, their hearts melted, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. Move in power, Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <laughs> so I'm going to fill in some blanks, and, uh, and I'm just really enjoying not giving you notes if you miss them. So sorry. Um, we've, my wife and I have been uh, studying the Old Testament. Uh, well, we've been studying the Old Testament for, I don't know, a long time, but just going a little level deeper. And uh, one of the things that's interesting to me in the book of Joshua, the subjugation of the land, which begins basically here, is it takes them by one scholar, there's, there's some differing uh, dates, uh, but by one scholar, seven years to take the whole promised land to the degree that they took it. Now, they didn't take the whole thing, which is a horrible, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible epitaph of that generation that they didn't follow through and finish it. But seven years to get to that place. And in thinking about that in our seven-year building project, we've been in a building project for seven years, and I'm fascinated by the stewardship of the Lord and how he doesn't just dump it. You know, you, you want it all right now. You can trust me with big and awesome, and you can do it, God. He's like, yeah. And he gives you little. And that can be a little irritating if you don't understand the ways of the Lord. I love what, um, I think it's C.S. Lewis said, the thoughts that you have about God are the most important thoughts that you have in your head. Because if you have a distorted view of who God is, then you too will be distorted. And you look in Romans and how they, chapter one and following how they, made up a God of their own understanding. And it really ties back, I believe Paul's tying into what took place in the Exodus when they were invited to go up the mountain to see God, but they were so terrified that they wouldn't go. And so they stayed down in the valley while Moses went up for them and they made gods of their own understanding. In fact, if you go and study that, it says that they let's say, let, let's celebrate, let's have church, if I could just say it that way. Because most people, when, how many of you know that text in Exodus where they made the golden calf? How many of you know that story? They make the golden calf. Many think, what a bunch of losers. How could they, I mean, come on. How could you make a golden calf uh, and say that this is the Lord's, your, let's, you know what? We're going to go there since you don't have notes. Go to Exodus. Let me show you something. Wow, we might not ever even get to the... Welcome to Kings. 
Golden calf, golden calf, golden calf. Uh, Exodus, thank you so much. Exodus 32, deeply appreciated. Verse, oh, this is so good. Turn to chapter 32 of the book of Exodus. Are you ready? Watch this. When the people saw, chapter 32, the book of Exodus, verse 1, when the people saw that Moses was a long time coming down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come let us make for us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. <laughs> verse 2, Aaron answered, take off your gold earrings that your wives, sons, and your daughters are wearing. Bring them to me. So all the people took off the earrings and he brought them to Aaron and he took what they had handed him and he made it into an idol. Casting it, pay close attention now. Casting it into the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, He built an altar of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Now, I don't know what version you're reading, but if it's, as long as it's not like the New World Translation, there's, there's 26 good versions and there's a few bad ones. If you're reading the version that's, that's done accurately, it says capital L-O-R-D. And in actual fact, if you read it in the Hebrew, it's pronounced Adonai. But it's not Adonai either, although that's how you'd read that. In Hebrew, you'd read Ad a festival to Adonai. A festival to who? Adonai. But it's a tetragrammatron right there. It's, it can be mistaken for nothing else. It's not a false god. It is the Lord God Almighty. It's the name of God, Y-H-W-H. So catch this, how brain damaged you have to be. You're Aaron and you're saying to everybody, tomorrow it's the festival to the Lord God Almighty because he's the one that brought us out and they worship this golden calf. Now, why did that happen? How many of you know? They're pretty sure like logically, come on, you use critical thinking. How could they be bowing to what kind of spirit of stupid do you have to have? No, are you following me? I mean, the pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, Pharaoh's toast. They got all the weapons off the shore. That's what scholars say. How do they fight all those, those, those battles? Because all the weapons of the Egyptians washed up and they picked up all the weapons and they were armed for battle. Yeah, it's just kind of amazing. And so now here they are. Moses is up on the mountain getting the, the, the Ten Commandments, the law. And they don't go up. They refuse to go up. And I think they refuse to go up because they're scared. And, and uh, I, I, I get it. He's a holy God. Don't fear the devil. Have the fear of the Lord. And they have this festival. See, if you refuse to really learn the word, and you don't really submit to his word and learn accurately. Gosh, I, I was reading, um, I read on ETS, I do a daily program and invite you to come and be a part of it or watch it later. Uh, it's at 1230. 
Alaska time, uh, Monday through Saturday, and there are times when I'm traveling and different times where it's not happening. And sometimes it's a, a travel blog. And most of the time I try to get into the word and give you something relevant to take and, and to feast on, you know. Forgot what I was saying. Yeah. Lift your hands. Let's talk to Jesus for a second. Oh, yes. So, as I started getting hot, I lost my train of thought. So I read a section of uh, Wesley's journal. And it so moved me. I started weeping on the program. I'm thinking, where in God's name is this kind of power from the pulpit now? And for those of you that had heard it, so there were some of you here that heard it, but the section of Wesley, John Wesley's journal talks about him meeting with one of the Moravians from Hernhut. Uh, that might not mean a lot to you, but let me explain it. Hernhut is a place in Germany where there was a man by the name of Count Zinzendorf who led a 100-year prayer meeting seven days a week, 24 hours a day. And they sent more. Listen, you have, you have Moravians in Alaska because of that. Because of a prayer meeting. Could it be that God's trying to get a prayer meeting started so that we can take over the earth and reach the unreached people groups and, until he splits the eastern sky? I, I think it's possible. And that's, that's the key to, to this work here is prayer. But he, he talks about how th this man learned different languages so he can study philosophy and then he happened to sit under, it's one of these Moravians talking to Wesley, how he happened to sit under this man who preached. And when he preached, he was so wrecked. This is 1736. 1736. He was so moved that he couldn't talk for days. He not only couldn't talk for days, for the longest time, and I, I read it, I need to go look again, but for the longest time, he couldn't hold conversations. He could, he, all he could do is say yes and no. He was so converted, so transformed, so gloriously saved that he couldn't even speak about it. He was undone. And he moved to Hernhut and he began to study. And, he's, and he meets John Wesley on the boat from England to going to Pennsylvania, I believe it is. And other accounts of Wesley, and I'm, I'm, I've got to read through his journal. I can't wait to get back to it. But Wesley talks about how when I met with these Moravians, I'm not even sure I'm saved. Because the fire of conviction and passion, their schedule is like 5 a.m. wake up, pray for an hour. At 6 a.m., read the, read the word of God for an hour. At 7 a.m., have corporate prayer for an hour. At 8 o'clock, break fast. Breakfast. <laughs> and then after, they have corporate gatherings where they discuss their word. When you look at the, the, you look at the, the beginnings of our nation,
Three quarters of the language of the politicians was the word of God. When you look at things uh, in, at how our country was birthed and now they're trying to erase it, there's another group of people that are rising with burning conviction. I, 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 who was it, Dawn? When you, when you got saved, was it 2008? Is that what you said? 2010, you texted me, said she couldn't talk either for, for a day or two, three. You know you got touched by God when, when you can't talk. And it's not just not talking. Your life is transformed as something happened. I want to speak and preach to you tonight about making sure that you, you go up the mountain. I want to ensure that each and every one under the sound of my voice finishes the race that God's got marked out for you. You say, man, you're kind of intense tonight. I know. I'm just getting there. Because life and death are on the line. And I'm just, it's just the way that God wired me up. I'll try to put some cinnamon and sugar up on that. That's the emerald. Uh-huh. I'm going to try. How many of you want to finish your race? Oh, or would you like to backslide, destroy your family about halfway through? How many of you want to go in and actually, some of you have made all kinds of excuses. You're still living together and God told you already. Uh, it's nobody here. Amen. Amen, pastor. Must be in Costa Rica, maybe. God told you to stop doing stuff and you just take his kindness for weakness. God is not slack as come, some count slack is, but he's long suffering and he's gentle and he's patient and he's kind. And for the grace of God, go I. In the book of Joshua, it's fascinating to me that they have these idols and the Lord deals with them before he takes them into one of the greatest Passovers. I'm going to preach to you a message preparing for Passover. It's the start of the Easter series. And I want to talk to you from the book of Joshua and what took place here that's very profound. Um, and so enjoy Exodus 32 as an understanding that they thought they were worshiping God, but really they were worshiping idols. Because, I mean, really, logically, I mean, you really have to be, like, really, something seriously wrong with your thinking to think that the golden calf parted the Red Sea. They knew that God had. But in their, <laughs> I'm going to quote Perry Stone. So if you get offended, you can text him, call him, leave him. He'll be here in August if you want to talk to him. This is a Perry Stone quote. God had brought them out of Egypt, but they still had a lot of bull in them. And if you don't get the bull out, and you'll begin to worship the bull. And think, thinking that you're worshiping, it's really a God of your own understanding, and it's not, a, it's not Bible. You begin to bow down and create religion, and, and then Romans talks about that. All right, here we go. Whoa, yes. Okay. So. 
The Jordan parts, and that is amazing, and you have to ask yourself why in God's name would God allow for a river to be at flood stage when it could easily be dried up. They have all their little babies, they have, they have everyone, whole, the whole of Israel has to cross over. Seriously, Lord, does it have to be at flood stage? Why do I have these kind of mammoth problems, gargantuan issues in my life? So that you can take authority over them, that's why. And he can, come on somebody. So that they would have a yada, it's a personal experience. A whole generation didn't see. They were used to manna. Manna, manna, manna. They were used to it. Wasn't a big deal to have manna, but they didn't see the miracles of Egypt. So a whole generation now sees the God of glory part the Jordan. And they walk over on dry ground. And you better believe it was a massive event. In fact, the text says that everybody saw it and they're totally freaked out. The Canaanite kings had no more courage. It's like when, when uh, that man is watching General George Washington kneel in the forest and he prays and talks to God. He writes a letter. Now, you don't hear about this all the time, but I, I think I got it from a set um, history. Um, what's his name? No, no, no. Uh, they came and he spoke here. Yes. Thank you. You're awesome. Timothy Barton. Wall builders. You want to go check out some great history from the United States? Go to wall builders. This is trying to be buried and changed by the crazy left. You might be left, but you might not be crazy. I've just said the crazy left is trying to change things. They're trying to rewrite history. And so they have an amazing library. And, and in that is this account of General, we'll go back to the George Washington on a knee. And there's this guy who's watching George Washington. And he's, he is, he's not a patriot. He's with, the, he's with the Redcoats. And he listens to George Washington pray. And he writes a letter and says, we're finished. There's no way that England can win the war because anyone that knows God like that has no chance. That the, the enemy against someone like that has no chance. And they're like, We've, uh, they lost all their courage. That's what this says. That the power of God is so put on display that everybody watches and says, huh, we should just quit now. Let's see. And, you know, those from uh, those liars came and deceived Joshua this later on. So they're, they're, they have no courage because of the miracle. Their hearts melted. You know when God's really on you and he does amazing things? The enemy just freaks out. It's terrifying. What are you going to do with somebody who has favor from God? Does anybody have favor from God in here? Yeah. You need to walk in it. You need to declare it. Favor is not fair. You end up with the best parking spaces and get promoted all the time. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, here we go. Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. Whoa. So Joshua, you know, I heard Pastor Phil say a long time ago that the reason Abraham was had great faith because he had to use a flint knife at 100 plus years of age. That's great faith. Come on, somebody. Hey. All right, settle down. If you didn't get that, that's okay. Moving on. 
Hank told me to say that. <laughs> Verse four. When they now, this is why he did so. All listen closely. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the desert on the way after leaving Egypt. All the people that had come out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the desert during the journey from Egypt had not. And the Israelites had moved about in the desert 40 years until all the men of military age, when they had left Egypt, had died. So a whole generation has died off, as God said he would have happen, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land that he had solemnly promised their fathers to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So they raised, look at verse seven, so they raised their sons in their place, and these are the ones Joshua circumcised. In other words, they had not been circumcised. In other words, there was no eighth day for them. Do you understand? They had not done what was required by the law. They had they just moved forward without doing what was required. And you should read some of the nonsensical commentaries you, you want to hear one stupid commentary? Okay, I'll tell you. No, they say, well, the reason, the reason they hadn't done that is because they were concerned that the cloud or the pillar of fire would move and they wouldn't be healed and be able to follow. That is the stupidest thing ever. Because when you obey God, he'll make sure that you have time to do what you need to do. You missed a great place to say Amen. All right, look at verse 9. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place had been called Gilgal to this day. And on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while they camped at Gilgal, the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. Verse 12, final verse. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food of the land. And there was no longer any manna for the Israelites. But that year, they ate from the produce of Canaan. God, I'm praying you would anoint this time. In Jesus' name, amen. It is rather profound that verse 9, they roll away the reproach. They ro the reproach of, what does reproach mean? Um, uh, bad reputation, uh, that which is evil, a mark on their record. There's a number of different ways, so you can go look at the different synonyms, but they rolled away the reproach. In other words, what Egypt had done, what, what, they, what they had done by not circumcising is basically say we'd rather be back in Egypt. They had disobeyed the Lord that whole time. And so now when it's time to go into the promised land, he says, no, no, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do it my way. It's my way or the highway. So that's the Old Testament. Yeah, I know it's the Old Testament. What does that have to do with that? It has everything to do with you. By not showing, uh, by not circumcising their children, it was like not sending your kids to, to children's camp. <laughs> it's like not sending your youth to youth camp. I'm just sort of emphasizing. There, there is what's, what's called the destruction of the innocent. 
Are you saying that, that I'm, I'm going to be cursed? I'm going, no, I'm not saying that, but I am saying you ought to do what you need to do to raise your kids to be strong in God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And the parents, by not circumcising the children, is their way of saying, you know what? You let me out here, you can stick it. I ain't doing that. Don't touch my, don't touch my baby. Don't touch my baby boy. I'm going to say this. I've seen in families where, and there's particular cultures that seem to be more prevalent than others, but I've seen in families where the daughters are raised in such a way that they become world changers. I mean, like, amazing. And the sons become drug addicts and go to jail. And if I analyze that, and I've done that, and I'm not going to throw a blanket over the whole lot, we all have to make choices. Your kids have to make choices. But I've found that in those circumstances, and it can be the other way around, but it's there's a babying of that child. They don't hold that kid to a standard. He doesn't have to do the work. He doesn't have to take the trash out. He's like a prince. And Prince becomes a pauper because he never gets trained. He never has a circumcision of the heart. So what are you saying? I'm telling you, God's moving us into a new place. He's moving you into a new place of provision. He's moving you into a new place of breakthrough. God wants to move the church out of this half-hearted, apathetic, lethargic, sloppy agape into the power of heaven where people, when the preaching comes, can't talk for two or three days because something happened to them, because they've been visited by God himself. Holiness matters. Holiness matters. Sin matters. I, listen, why, why are you yelling? I don't know. Just feel intense about it. Yeah, I read this Spurgeon. Read one of his sermons. I felt so comforted. That boy just spanked it. You know what I'm talking about? Just brought the spanking of the Lord to a bunch of religious people. And it's all old English and everything. And I thought, I, I kind of preach like that. I like that kind of preaching. Tell me how it is. Go ahead and tell me. All right, I'll tell you. You make excuses for your kids and you don't train them, then you got nothing to say later on. Well, they don't want to go to church. Since when? Since when? They celebrated the Passover, and what's fascinating is they didn't celebrate the Passover before this. Because no one was circumcised. And you see in Exodus 12 and 48, there's a whole group of people that could not celebrate the Passover because they had not followed through on the command. Manna ceased, as we talked about. All right, let me give you five things as you prepare for Passover. Now, Passover is... Uh, we call it Good Friday. It's also called Passover. We have a noon service here. Seven last words of Jesus. We acknowledge the Passover as a time when Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain before the beginnings of the foundations of the earth, gave his life as a ransom for you and me, the Lamb of God. As John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb. He's referring to the Lamb, that the final Lamb, the last sacrifice. And... Um, and that's what he's referring to. So the Passover is when Jesus died. I mean, can you actually match that up? I mean, think about that. The exact time when lambs would be killed, one for every household, the exact time, the exact time, Pastor, the exact time when lambs would be slaughtered 
for every family, for every Jewish family, the same hour. That is when Jesus died and his blood was shed for you and me, fulfilling all of the types and shadows of the Old Testament sacrificial system. Absolutely amazing. Five things as you prepare for Resurrection Sunday, for, for Passover, to go into the promised land. God desires to bring us to a place where we deal with those things that hinder us from fulfilling our purpose. Let me say it again. God wants to deal with the stuff inside of you and 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 you in Costa Rica, Texas, especially in Texas. <laughs> especially all of us. He wants us to deal with the things inside of you. He wants to get the bull out. He wants to, you to allow him to cut away the things in your heart that will destroy you. So how do I know which things those are? He'll show you. He's good at doing that. Some of you are convicted right now. Let's all raise our hands to heaven and say, oh God, help us. Help us, Lord. God wants to cut away the flesh, the fallen human nature out of our lives. The flesh can represent many things. Past relationships, regular relationships that are not of God. How many of you know sometimes you just need to cut some things off? We've learned that in the beginning of our learning it. We didn't do it so graciously. We can be more gracious now. You know, if you serve God with all your heart and you just, you break all ties with the devil, that just brings a normal separation. Hey, what do you think? We go out Friday night and just have a couple. No, 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 I, uh, no, I'm going to all night prayer. You want to come? Yeah, everybody come to all night prayer. What? Yeah. They'd be like, they don't call you next Friday. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, hey, let's go suck back a few and celebrate. Now they're not going to think twice. Why? Because Hank wants to go to all night prayer. <laughs> what happened, Hank? Oh, man, I've been changed. Well, some of you still, some of you still are, you, you, you're still tied to the enemy. He wants to cut away those things. Many years ago, I had, uh, and I'll, I'll veil this as much as I can. And for those of you that have been around and are astute, uh, will understand what I'm talking about, and that's good. I hope so. Many years ago, I had the, the opportunity of dealing with a church split. And I was the cleanup crew. You know what that is? That's when you come in behind, and it wasn't here, thank God, and it never will be. So how do you know? We know. How do you know? I know. We pray. You mess with God's church, you'll be severely messed with, and it won't be with me. The Lord will mess with you. We did a whole study on that too. Corinthians. Paul's desperately trying to warn the Corinthians. You're full of pride. You're, 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 you're going off of your gifts. And, and he's, he's trying to warn them so they don't destroy, so that God doesn't destroy the church. If you destroy the church, you will be destroyed. What do you mean by that? Don't you talk about any other body, any other church. Don't you talk stink about this play. Are we perfect? No, no. Karen's the only perfect one here. The rest of us. We all need help. 
We're all a work in progress, but the church belongs to God. So things in other churches, whatever you should speak about, no, you just pray your ears off. Now, certain things need to be exposed. Sin does need to be exposed. There are times when there needs to be disciplinary, disciplinary action, but understand for the grace of God, you who, come on, you who are spiritual should restore such a one. So there's many people that talk about authority and try to take authority and are constantly preaching on submission. Those are usually the ones that are in rebellion. Actually, I've found that. Where are we? Hank, all night prayer. <laughs> yeah. So in the mind of this pastor, all oh, many years ago and not here, he just felt like he needed to leave and go start a church right down the road. Well, I was, he was a friend of mine. So what do you think I did? I called him and said, for the love of God, don't do that. He said, no, no, it's God. I said, it is not God. He says, yes, it is. And we went back and forth. We talked um, scripture, chapter, verse. I wept. I cried. And I was one of many others. I was, it wasn't just me. There was many others. Oh, he might have thought that I had a shut-up card, but he absolutely, I didn't have it. You know when you know someone's holding your shut-up card when they tell you to shut up and you don't? You know what I mean by that? Who is it that'll, that'll check you? Hey, check yourself before you. So I checked him and he said, no. Just like the guy that went off to, I don't know where it was, some very dark nations that I'm leaving. It's interesting. Same region. Fascinating. Never put that together till right now. Went off to go do this thing for the Lord. I didn't feel like it was God. So I said, well, what are you talking about? Oh, no, yeah, it's God. I said, well, what does your wife think? Oh, no, she's going to stay back. I said, no, it's not God. She's a little concerned. I said, it's not God. Don't do it. No, no, I'm doing it. I said, you're going you're to destroy yourself. No, no. He destroyed himself. Same region. But this, this beloved brother who I deeply love knew in his mind that it was God, but he wouldn't listen to anybody. He had made a golden calf. And there were things within him. There were things within his heart that led him to make decisions that literally destroyed his life. Heart attacks, financial ruin, on and on and on and on and on. And by the grace of God, he came to his senses and repented. And things are clean now. It's a miracle. You know what would be great? You know what I'm asking? No, what? I'm asking, if I got anything in here, if I have anything in here that needs to be cut away, oh, bring the flint knife of heaven, God, because I don't want, I'm going to finish my race. I want to finish my race. And some of you hide things. Some of you know, I mean, like, I'm searching, Lord, is there anything? And, and there are, there's certain little things. I'm, I'm just a jerk sometimes. He wants me to be more kind. Not now. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he wants me to be more gracious. He's constantly saying, oh, change this. It's just if you haven't been corrected by God today, you might be illegitimate. I'm going over here, not feeling the love over here. I'm, I'm going over here. If God hasn't corrected you today, you have to ask actually what's your relationship with Jesus like? Because he'll be like, ah, oh, sorry. Awesome.
Now, if you're just listening to audio, I was whistling some cute song from Disney that needs to be delivered. Did I say that? Oh, yes, I did. Remind me to cancel our subscription. We haven't done that yet. I'm canceling Disney. Disney, Karen, Disney's toast. We got to get rid of the Disney channel. It's over. I'm, 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 you know, you do what you do. I'm, I'm not going to pay someone who's going to back that which I am vehemently against. Not me. This is God's word. I can't help myself. It's what God's word says. God's word said something different. We would be doing something different, but it's clear. Bye-bye. Wave to the hand. Say goodbye to the hand. What are we talking about? I'm in closing as, as the keys come. And the flint knife comes out of the sheath of the heaven. Can you play some flint knife music? Come on, lift your hands to heaven. I am asking God, and I have for years, but it's just this fresh resolve to lay bare anything in me that needs to be Because I love you, Lord, more than anything else. And sometimes we're deluded. Sometimes we don't see clearly. Talking to a man of God so many years ago, a mountain of a man of God, he says this to me. I do not know what darkness dwells in my heart. So I pray and I stay close to God. I'm filled with his spirit and he's transformed me, but you don't, you don't violate those things. There needs to come a plumb line. You know what that is? It's, it's, it shows whether you're off, a bubble off. You ever heard that expression? On a level? The, the, the days of lukewarm, half-hearted, winking at sin Christianity are over. They're over. They've long been over. They were over in 1736 at Hearn Hunt. I promise you that. And yet, and yet the fire is, you know, generally speaking, I'm sure there's some examples, but I'm going to tell you, the Moravians don't have this incredible move of the Spirit of God that I'm aware of right now. I mean, God bless the Baptists. I'm going to tell you, generally speaking, there's no fire of revival on the Baptists. Oh, God bless the Wesleyans. God bless the Methodists. The shouting Methodists don't shout too much anymore. There used to be, there's a whole group called the Shouting Methodists. The Cane Ridge River Revival in Kentucky. What happened? I think they stopped bringing the flint knife. You know, as I'm getting older and I'm closing, I'm trying to close. They got me a clock up there that I'm semi trying to follow. Just most denominations end up broken. And as I get older, and I'm say, taking a look at that building, this building's far beyond my lifespan. Listen, the Lord could come back tonight. Well, what do we build a building for? I don't know, just trying to obey God. 
we'll leave it to him. It's all his. But should he tarry? Should he tarry? Well, I'm not going to be here anymore. I'm going to be in glory. Now, I, I believe, I, I hope, I, I pray, I get to see him in a twinkling of an eye. Oh, how I want to hear that trumpet blast. Yes! Ah! Wouldn't it be an amazing time? What a day that'll be! Come on, somebody! But you plan like he's not coming in your lifetime. Get the uncircumcised things out of your, get married for God's sake and quit fornicating. I'm trying to help you. Serve him with fear and reverence. Love the Lord. Hero Israel, the Lord thy God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Jesus quoted it. It's the greatest commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your, with all your strength. In Hebrew, it's a Shema, the declaration of the one mighty God. And if you will serve him and live for him and constantly allow the sword of God's word to cut away the things that are not of him, relationships cut him away, habits cut him away. He spoke to me to get rid of something that, 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 I, that I do that's it's innocuous, it's, it's harmless. Or is it? Thought it was. I didn't know it was bothering my wife so much. She said, you, you don't do that anymore. I'm like, okay, awesome. And I, then she, I tell her, she's like, praise God. <laughs> no, it's, it's not like it's a sin. That, listen, sin is to, to him who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it to him, it is sin. So when God tells you to stop doing something, you keep doing it. I don't care if it's legal. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you don't see it in the scripture. If your heart tells you, you stop that. I'd, have the, I'd be drinking a Coca-Cola every day and the Lord said, you don't drink Coca-Cola today. I'm like, yes, I do. I drink one and be like, he's like, no, come on, son. I'm trying to teach you to hear my voice. I'm like, oh, that's good. Tomorrow, I'll try it. Okay, no Coca-Cola. So I drink a Pepsi. He's like, yeah, no Pepsi either. <laughs> come on, lift your hands. Allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you tonight because I want you to cross over. I want you to take the land. I want you to, to partner in and really receive this Passover, this resurrected Jesus. Don't, don't take the grace of God in vain. Don't yield to philosophy. Colossians 2 and 8 says, don't let philosophy and vain tradition and the rudiments of this world spoil you from the simplicity of Christ. Love the Lord your God. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to King's Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.